Oh, sorry, that was weird. Technical. That was weird. <laughs> You're here now. You're here now. Finally working. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? It's good to see you. I know. It's been a, it's been almost a year. Isn't that crazy? Tour last year. I, I was actually looking back into this and it's like, it, it was the 11th of July when I saw, saw you. Yeah. Stage. Oh my God, it's so close. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And I was just like, wow, Audrey. Just this like, you just came on stage and just, you know, you just took over that stage. That, that stage was yours. That, that was oh, that. thank you. <laughs> and then that kind kind of inspired me to do my first first vlog. My first music vlog was about you. And oh, that was the first one. Stampede as well. So. Oh, cool. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of got like a synchronicity to do, 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 do it all. It's like, like, wow, okay, it's coming up to a year. Wow. And it's, I'm, I'm going, I'm actually speaking to you now. And I, it's, I saw, 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 saw you a year ago as well. That, that was fantastic. I know. It's so crazy that it's been a year. Quarantine is just like gone, <laughs> gone. It's, it's like just gone for a very long time. It's kind of crazy. I am done with quarantine and COVID-19 and oh this like 2020 in gen, gen, general. It's just like really, really, can we, can, we, can, we, can we just not fast forward to, I don't know, 2022? Because, you know, I'm going to skip 2021 just in case it comes back again. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's insane. It's really. It's but yeah, I mean, crazy. you you were there. You you were so supporting Ali and AJ, AJ on the European tour as well, and you went off to Paris and all sorts of places. Yeah, it was five dates. Yeah, London, uh, London, Manchester, Dublin, Manchester, Paris, yeah. and Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a lot I mean, of fun. You've you've done so much since then, though. I mean, you've you've had your album out. Um, you know, um, stage has changed, came out, and then you've you've had sing singles coming up from there as well. Yeah, it's been a pretty busy. It's been quite a busy year for me, for sure. I mean, the tour was definitely a big kind of kickoff, and we always knew um, Stampede. We wanted to be kind of like one of the big singles, so it just so happened to work out really well that we had like filmed the music video and were able to release it at the same time as tour. Cause I released the music video, I think on the second day of tour yeah. on my Manchester show. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, then it was a handful more singles and then the whole album, which I had been sitting on for a year. Like the album had actually been done for a oh, year. Wow. Um, and we just wanted to sort of build buzz. Yeah. Um, yeah know with releasing singles off the album and also i think part of the, you know the album's kind of a it's a collection of different a, a variety of kind of different it's all pop music but it's sort of different and different you know like 30 years is very different vibe yeah. than red flag is very different than stampede so it all kind of fits together but kind of different vibes so i think part of it as well was sort of testing out what sort of sound um and what sort of like niche in pop do people respond the most to yeah. so it was a lot of kind of data collection in a way as well with all those releases. Yeah. <laughs> Market testing. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, obviously you've got Stampede, which, which, which is what I saw you play live, but I also like Crazy as well. Mm -hmm. And I also like Bandit as well. Oh, thank it's, you. It's got that little Western twang to it as well. So, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, those are a couple of my favorites as well. Crazy was really fun because Crazy was another one that we sort of knew we wanted it to be sort of like a big release. And so with that, um, you know, we kind of had planned a year prior that that would be the kind of music video we'd release along with the whole album. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun because that music video was a whole dance uh, dance number, which I had envisioned for a long time being sort of a, a bit of a thinking out loud Ed Sheeran vibe so like a dance number um but i got really lucky that number one one of my good friends lauren arnold choreographed it and number two one of my good friends brendan chan danced in it and he's in hamilton a dancer in hamilton and oh is just God. tremendous so i was really lucky to and it was also a lot of fun you know to work with a friend on something like that where it's such a you know you definitely need that chemistry so it, yeah, it yeah, helped sure. to have that comfort with um, with him and with Lauren, like both really, really good friends of mine. So that was, that was a ton of fun. And then also my friend Leo, uh, uh, uh filmed it and he's like, just had this beautiful vision in his head. I edited it, but like he captured, yeah. um, captured the footage just like beautifully. So that was, yeah, that was one of my favorites for sure. And yeah. you and you have such a love of musicals as well because because you've got such a diverse range of such such an eclectic taste in new music as well because I know that you like Wicked as well. Yes, I love musical theater too, and it's it's an interesting balance because I'm de I mean I'm going for you know I'm vocally trained in musical theater as well, but I'm definitely going for you know a career in pop music. Yeah, but I definitely draw influence from my musical theater background in, in my music. I would say in particular from the kind of big belty yeah. uh, parts of some of my songs, like Red Flag goes up quite high, um, you know, and I love to belt. And that's something that I definitely draw from my musical theater uh, passion as well. Definitely. I mean, I mean, yeah. what, what I didn't realize was that you, that you also did, um, you, you also released Phantom of the Opera as well. It is, it's there. It's like, yeah wow. that was a fun one that was one of my favorite projects i've ever worked on that it was just for fun it was a number of years ago but i went to stanford for undergrad and stanford has this beautiful memorial church it's just like the most yeah. glorious church um that actually every year i would play in um handel's messiah they do like this play along sing along messiah at stanford every year and i grew up singing in it and then for the last eight years, it'll probably be canceled this year, sad. But for the last eight years prior to this year, like I would play the violin in, um, and it's performed in Memorial Church. And so yeah. I always loved, you know, loved that, that space. Um, and separately, Albert Tomaso, who is my pianist for, since my freshman year, we've worked together, also plays the organ and played in Memorial Church. So he had a key to the church. And for years, like, I've loved Phantom of the Opera. For years, I said to Albert, we need to, film Phantom of the Opera and like with you on the organ singing yeah. filmed in there and we never kind of got around to it and then Albert was leaving you know was leaving Stanford he was doing yeah. his master's um elsewhere and so he was gonna like have to turn the key in and so it was like okay this is your last week here before you leave and move this is our last chance we got to get in and film it and then we did and it, I got my friend Justin to sing with me and yeah my friend Angela to produce it and my friend Frank to film it and I edited it and it was just like the most fun project. It was such a blast. Oh, <laughs> and I mean, I love Phantom of the Opera and just to get to, to have access to that 
space to film this with the organ. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's yeah. one little thing that that I've seen is I mean you've got your songs, but then they go and you 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 just rack you up another another notch with your videos as well because they <laughs> they are. They just bring another dimension to 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 it to it to it all, and you see, and oh. you look like you've got you you have so much fun on your videos as well. I do. So it's I I have always loved video, um, just any kind of like graphics video stuff. So actually, my I majored in computer science graphics at Stanford, which everybody's always like, why that doesn't have anything to do with music. That's so weird. But I use those skills. I don't, I don't code anymore really yeah. ever, but I use those, those skills I learned from graphics, like sometimes more than my music skills on a, on a given day, because there's so much, you know, with video editing and coloring and even filming the video or like designing graphics or photoshopping, all that kind of stuff. So the, the videos, most of the videos I edit myself actually. Obviously, it's physically impossible for me to film them myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of <laughs> a lot of the, yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, various different people film. Um, I, sometimes I have yeah. My friend Leo is like just terrific, you know, pro filmmaker. So sometimes he'll do it during coronavirus time. I've had to get creative because obviously I can't, you know, leave the house. So my mom or my fiance will usually do the filming for me for my kind of recent videos, um, which they do a really good job <laughs> actually, <laughs> but, um, but it takes a lot of play. It's just, it's just fun. I love, yeah, I love making videos and um, it's just fun to kind of tap into all the different creative sides of music. It's yeah. not just the writing sure, part, sure. it's also the visual part, so. And, yeah. and, 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 and I think in these um, COVID-19 times where you don't have that access to sound engineers to directors and photographers and drummers and everything else you know you and an and artist now has to be their own sound engineer has to be their own director did you feel that as well you you um, you learn more skills now i mean i think i've all i number one yes definitely i'm definitely honing in on those skills i think i luckily kind of had a lot of those already because I think a couple of things. One, like really Stanford did, again, even though I didn't major in music, everything I was doing was always targeted at a music career. I just, I kind of went, you know, approached it like, okay, I have music skills because I've been playing music and taking lessons and studying music theory and all that stuff since I was three. So I kind of know that what other skills do I need? And that's where the sort of graphics came in. Um, in my master's, I did an also MBA, um, you know, business school or sort of business side. And I did master's in computer science. Um, but with a focus in, it was you know, very focused in like music kind yeah. of technical. And so Stanford has a program called Karma, the Center for Computer Research in Music and Acoustics, which is basically wow. a fancy way, word of saying just like computer music department that where they have a professional recording studio. And so I took classes there on learning production and recording techniques and miking techniques and mixing and all that kind of stuff. So I luckily already had learned a lot of that but I'm certainly not still to this day I'm not you know my strength is in like singing and songwriting yeah. like there are certainly people who are you know I'm not I'm not yet at the the tip-top level yeah. of producing or mixing um which is why for you know for like status change I didn't produce or or mix or master any of that but yeah. for this you know acoustic versions for example I've been releasing now yeah. I'm 
you know, I'm doing all of that. I'm mixing, I'm recording here in my home studio here. You can, you know, sort of see I've got like my keyboard wow. here. Wow, wow. My gear. So um, this is my home studio that I spend my days in during COVID all, you know, all day, every day, basically. <laughs> Um, but I'm de yeah, definitely having to hone in on those skills um, even more so now with producing yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is so fun though. No, no, no. It sounds yeah. sounds fun, and and it must give give you a really um, such a sense of achievement as well, because because you've got this idea. You you've I'm mean, this is how I imagine that you you know the song comes to you. You you write it down. You you do it in bits and pieces and then you've got the vision for it and you get the hook and then and then you see it right from the beginning all the way to the end all the way to post-production as well yeah and it's interesting because i think even with even with the songs that i don't produce like the songs from status change which were a, you know a whole bunch of different producers even then like i i definitely am so i like to be involved in the whole process i know there are a lot of a lot of singers who just you know take it you know take a song that someone else has already written and they just sing it but for me it's important for me to feel like I'm telling my story and being yeah. involved and I think the production is a big part of telling the story of the songs as well right so you know I will have a session where I'll, I'll you know we'll all write it together and then you know I'm involved in the sort of you know how you know I'm not producing it but I'm yeah. like working with the producer to get exactly the sound that I want which actually stampede interestingly stampede was the one song that definitely took the most work to get it there out yeah. of all the songs on the album because it just there was you know the bare bones of the song like the top line which is the you know the singing part yeah. was like great but we the production wasn't quite there yet and so it took a lot of kind of feedback and forth with me and the producer to get it to um to get it to the kind of point that we you know that we wanted it and it got there and i was thrilled thrilled that we kind of kept at it um until we really got it exactly right for what we were looking for excellent well well i i think it's definitely um if you had an anthem song for all old or even stampede is that definitely it yeah. and um well i'm gonna keep quiet because i know that you're gonna sing stamp stampede i can do that for you yes yes Yes, let me make sure my, let's just, it should all be working. Okay. Um, okay. How's this level on like the keyboard? Yeah, that, that sounds good. That sounds good. Is that, okay, cool. Great. And can, and my voice is a good level, like, whoa, that's a good level. Not yeah. too loud or too quiet. Okay, great. Cool. Let's sing some Stampede. Yeah, Stampede's probably, might be my favorite song on the album, actually. I really like it. <laughs> okay. They're coming at me like a Stampede. Whoa, whoa. They're coming at me like a Stampede. Whoa, whoa. Seems to happen 
Coming at me like a stampede goes wild yes it's just all of the people out there watching <laughs> well it's well it's all the people who are going to be listening to this as well so i mean for, for me um i I'm, I'm just blessed to do i've heard you sing 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 that live again and acoustically because oh, it's such, such a joy to see an artist really be in that moment you know just be in the flow of music and the energy that's coming, coming, coming off, off, off you, the pol pol positivity, the positive energy that's coming off, off you, it's infectious. You can't help but, you know, if, if this was a trouble, you'd be jumping up and down, you'd be, you'd, you'd be with an audience and enjoying the music. And I think that's what, you know, we take so much for the grand, 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 to be, be, be before COVID-19. And now we, we can see how much we we miss uh, live performances yeah. uh, from from artists like, like yourselves because you know we we need you because you're you're such an essential part of our lives. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's I mean, that's that's for me one of the hardest things is just no live shows because that's my you know I love the whole process of being an artist. I love the writing and the recording all that, but my favorite part is performing, um, especially because I, I think, you know, just to be able to actually connect with people in person, I just like a lot more than just social media. And social media is important too. Um, and I'm obviously having to, you know, work at it now um, more than ever during coronavirus time, but I much prefer to actually get to like talk to people in person and play for a live crowd and 
talk to people after the show and that's you know unfortunately live music will be you know the last thing to be added back so it may be it may be a while which is definitely making me you know be have to be creative with still being productive during this time but find a new you know finding kind of new avenues because i was gearing up for you know what was going to hopefully be a big year of touring which yes. is now nothing and i had just i actually i'd played a show in san diego i opened for an artist named verite on march 11th and this was the the same day that the nba canceled and a lot of stuff was getting canceled i remember it was sort of in a couple of days leading up to this show um you know a lot of things were getting canceled and i didn't know if you know if this show is going to get canceled yeah. too so i was in san diego and even you know the day before the day of i was still just kind of waiting to hear is this show is this show happening okay and so luckily it did happen it was quite a weird show though interestingly because already you know again coronavirus is already spiking i already was very aware of i don't want to get this <laughs> this virus and so it was super weird because i was constantly washing my hands and you know hand sanitizer everywhere and trying to you know open doors with my elbow or my foot or whatever so the whole show you know and like after i got you know i packed up all my equipment and when i got home flew home the next day i you know sat it like wiped down with yeah. like whatever the sanitary wipes wiped down all my equipment because i already was very um you know aware that this <laughs> this virus was uh, was spreading, but the next day was when Live Nation announced yeah. everything canceled. I was supposed to play a show the following day. That was canceled, obviously. My manager had been in talks with some other artists about opening for their tours that were supposed to start in April. Obviously, those were canceled. So it just kind of it was crazy. But I, yeah, I think I was one of the very last uh, artists to perform this year, I guess. House of Blues San Diego, March 11th, which was a really, really fun show. And I was. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bummer, it's obviously, for everything that canceled. Necessary, of course, for us all to stay healthy and safe. But um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I mean, you, you can understand why the, the decision was taken because obviously, you know, you you want want to keep a lid on this. You want oh, yeah. you don't want to spread and everything. And you know, if 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 it's as easy as us, you know, just staying at home. You know, mm -hmm. not going out, and if you if you do have to go out to make sure that you're all masked up and you're yeah. gloved, and it's only for essential re 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 reasons. Yeah. Why? I mean, mm -hmm. it's had such an impact on the music industry as well because because I know that you know, as fans, we've been wanting to see live band, and then you just see just band after band after band, and musician after musician just cancel, cancel, and then. I know that in March there was a few bands who had been rescheduled for August, but now August is coming yep. and that's not coming up. Uh, and then some 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 bands had to reschedule for September. That's still looking like you know. No, I think on like when I was seeing a lot of those artists reschedule their tours for this fall, like you know, I was I've I think everybody kind of knew that's that's wishful thinking. It's not right. really gonna happen. It's, it's just. I mean, live music, unfortunately, it's one of the greatest things, but it's one of the most dangerous for a, that kind of, you know, for spreading COVID, obviously, yeah. packed in together. Although it's interesting, I did see a couple days ago, Granger Smith, who's one of my favorite country artists, did a show in Texas that was social distance. And one of my friends went to it, but it was fascinating. Actually, I saw that he has a photo, an aerial photo, and yeah. they actually spread out like 
circles on the ground, you know, yep. and the stands, and it was completely spaced out, which I imagine would have been a pretty weird show to play um, and to be at, but it was something that looked, it actually looked like it was a pretty safe way to do it. So who knows, maybe there are ways to, um, maybe, you know, we'll find creative ways to still play while being safe and distancing. I don't know. Well, well, I've, I've seen that because I, I, I mean, I think in America it's easy, easier to do like drive-in shows where you just stay in your car. Uh -huh. I've heard about those. Yeah. So, so, I mean, at least the art, artists then at least get to play to an, an, an audience, even though they're, they're in their cars, but at least you get some of that response back. Yeah. I think you have to be careful though, because I, I know um, Chase uh, Chase Rice did uh, at the concert a couple of weeks back, but no one in the audience was masked up. No, no one was gloved up. You, he he had four four hundred people there, and they he, yeah, just 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 there. If yeah, if you Google Chase Rice oh, oh. concert, and it's just like really. That's so no. irresponsible. I mean, what, I know, no. I know yeah. you've got a need to perform as an artist, but you've got to be responsible as well. You yeah, that's really, yeah, that's a, that doesn't sound responsible at all. I think especially also the social distancing part. Like, I think, you know, masks are important, but also I think a lot of people are forgetting that you're also still supposed to socially distance, and, yeah. and that's an important thing too. So, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's really, it's crazy. I've, I have not left the house. I have barely left the house at all. Um, yeah. My family's being, so I, I'm quarantined with my family, which is nice, um, have been since March. But uh, I mean, I, number one, I don't want any of my family to get it, but also as a, as a singer, I'm really yeah. scared to get it because if it affects my lungs and affects my singing, I mean, but also just, I mean, it's just sounds like a terrible Thing to get and you know you don't want to contribute to if you have it and you're asymptomatic you don't want to spread yeah. to other people so we've my old family we've not left the house for anything you know i yeah. like not even groceries we're having groceries delivered they're delivered we wipe it down yeah you know yeah. maybe once or so a week we'll get takeout which is nice it's like the one time a week i get to drive in my car <laughs> but it's you know it's contactless right yeah, you yeah, 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 your card sure. the phone sure. you drive there they drop it and even then we'll we'll we have a whole system where we you know pour the pour the food into our own bowls and yeah you know, we're just being ultra 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 safe so i've been doing i've been able to do some like virtual songwriting sessions over zoom um yeah. which has been nice but you know because i'm not i'm not about to fly somewhere now no, either no. so and i know other artists have, have done zoom sessions as well you know um um previously i've been speaking to sarah Duguay and she was she's but she's based in nashville, nashville <laughs> so She's saying that the, she, she has these virtual Zoom, Zoom song, songwriting sessions now. And so, yeah, I've done some. Yeah. They work actually pretty well. I was, I was surprised. I think it took, you know, a couple sessions to sort of see the best way. But like, I actually thought it was totally fine. You know, I think it would be difficult if you didn't have, like, if I didn't have my studio here, I think it'd be difficult. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's worked great where I, you know, you sign on and like the producers there, we can hear each other. Like I've got my keyboard here, you yeah. know, they've got, and I've worked with, uh, with several of them. They've got their keyboard or guitar or they open their pro tools session, whatever. So, you know, we're writing and I'll bring in ideas. It's kind of just the same as normal. It's obviously 
the difference really being you can't play at the same time. Yeah. Um, but it, it totally works. And, and then, you know, all, if the producer's making a track, I can hear what they're doing and give some feedback and, you know, and, and then it's just, they send it to me and I record my vocals here and send it back and yeah. it works really well. Again, I think if I didn't, you know, have the equipment or ability to actually like record myself, in a studio, I think that would be tough because otherwise you would kind of need to be in person to do it. Um, but I mean, I think I imagine I already had all this set up because I already did a lot of recording stuff, but for produ for singers who don't like you can buy, you can buy pretty easily. You can buy a mic and yeah, yeah, for sure. and send it. And it, maybe if you don't have a full studio set up, maybe you're not getting final vocals, but right. you can get, I, you know, you can definitely, like, you can definitely, there's workarounds. So I've, I've actually found it totally fine. And in some ways it's been nice. Cause usually for me, you know, I don't live in LA. And so like for status change, I did 50 sessions writing with other people yeah. and I did those in LA and London and Mallorca, Spain. So it was a lot of traveling for me, even to LA, you know, which is a super, you know, super short flight and easy but yeah. it's still, it's actually pretty nice for me to just be able to do it from here. <laughs> it's easier, so. Fantastic. Now, yeah. how do you judge that you've got a, you know, not just a good song, but a great song? That's such a good question. Um, I think with some songs, so I think number one is you just have to write a lot. Um, and like with this, again, with the Stash Change album, I did 50 sessions. And that's not, it's also not counting songs I just write on my own, um, yeah. which I often, I'll like write part of a song, like an idea and bring those into sessions. But like the reason I did 50 is because I wanted to get the, you know, see what are the best songs. And it was definitely a, you know, it got, they got better as the time went on because I was sort of finding my sound and what I was going for. Um, but I'd say, you know, some songs you finish, you finish a session and you're like, that's awesome. Like, I know that's going on the album. Like Red Flag was one where we wrote that. I wrote it with um, actually a duo, a female, female like songwriter um, producer duo. So it was really fun to have an all, all female team. But we wrote that song in like a few hours and it was done. And I left the session and it was super quick. And I sent it to my A&R guy. And we're both like, this is a winner. Like, we already know this song's great. We didn't like, I, there was very little more work done on that song actually after the first, after like day one, which again was only a few hours. I think I went back to their studio once for like 15 minutes because we changed one line. But the actual, like the vocals I did in that session were the ended up being the final vocals. Like it was really, really quick. There was really not much more to do. So sometimes you have a song where you're just like, that's a winner. The, it's just great as is. And then other songs I said, like Stampede was one that I had a feeling it was a winner, but it needed a lot of pushing. It almost didn't make the album actually, because it wow. just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't in a state that was, it wasn't right, but I really believed in the song. Um, and I remember actually my A&R did not, he was like, I don't think that's their song. Like, I think there's better ones, but I was like, I think there's something here, especially because I thought like the concept of, stampede a stampede yeah. like i just thought it was such an interesting concept i really really liked it um but that was one that we didn't know was a winner at first and it just took a lot of pushing so i think it's a mix i think again some songs you're like that's a hit song that's great and some are you know just take a little bit longer so 
it's yeah it's it's hard to say when you I think you'll know a great song when it gets there for sure but I also but I also think at the same time a great song might you know you never really know how people will respond to it and that's the thing that I found kind of of most interesting I'd say with like releasing the album because as I said at the beginning it was kind of you know there's a variety of there's everything from 30 years to stampede to off our minds like there's a lot of like kind of variety and it's interesting because I I was hoping I'd see like this is this is the kind of song people like this is the kind of songs people don't but it's really not it hasn't be it hasn't been clear like I have some people who are really 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 like 30 years the most and some people who really like stampede the most and some people who really love obedient like there's just kind of a variety I think the one thing that has been consistent is women empowerment is obviously one of my kind of big themes um and people do seem to be responding to that theme and that's in you know red flag obedience stampede like there's a lot of kind of empowerment ace of spades a lot of empowerment um songs in there and which is an um, you know it's a message that i think is important that i really wanted to get across in my um in my writing and you know to kind of inspire young girls so um so yeah, that's been, that's kind of a consistency, I think, that I have, but <laughs> there's also quite a variety. And do you think a lot has changed from, say, I mean, there, there, was, that, there, was, there was that whole me move movement as well, which, which was just exploding everywhere, yeah. and then that's just gone through, through, through to, you know, um, film, to music, to the yeah. arts. Is, is, is that sort of, sort of inspired you as well? I think so. I think it definitely just that definitely the Me Too movement definitely inspired me. Um, I think I always like pre, you know, always, you know, pre Me Too was very interested in being a positive role model for young girls and trying to find a way to write music that would be, you know, inspirational. But I think, I think so because, you know, I definitely, I liked, I want to write positive songs. I'm not you know, I'm not Billie Eilish and I know she speaks to a lot of people, but that's kind of like darker, you know, whatever. That's not what I'm going for, which is fine. But I want to be, you know, I want to inspire at the same time. I don't, you know, I don't want to just write rainbows and butterflies, right? There has to be a little bit of edge there. Otherwise it's just kind of too, you know, there's, there has to be some, you know, something to stand for. And so I think the sort of women empowerment thing is a good place to you know i'm i'm happy being in that space um because i think it's inspiring and positive but strong and serious at the same time so but yeah i definitely think the me too movement is you know is inspired that as well as well as just being in the industry i have i haven't had any like terrible experiences like some of these are core stories but i have definitely experienced um definitely experienced you know men in the industry like you know not not being respectful to me because I'm a woman or even you know a songwriting session most sessions I have are really great but I've had my fair share of sessions where my ideas are totally shot down and I you know and I'm not taken seriously because I'm a woman and it's you know it's not cool especially because I'm the artist so you'd think you'd want to you know write write for write for the artist but i've i have i've certainly been treated with disrespect and i think i think all women have experienced their own versions of of that so yeah i know i know that it's 
um, a, a thing that a, a lot of women, women, women come come to our our just come and complain about. Well, not come and come and complain, but but they just showed that you know the the you know. The, the way that male country art are just on the rails, you're just pushed and pushed and pushed. And yeah. there's like, where, 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 and there are a lot, there are huge amounts of fantastic women, women, women country yeah. artists, Ashley mm -hmm. McBride, Lark and Poe, you, you've, you've gotten coming, coming, coming out. But I, I, I know it's slightly different in, in, in the States where you know, you have to have that radio play to 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 get the audience, and it's difficult to do that. Whereas in the UK, it's not like that at all. Hmm. Huh, that's interesting. I don't honestly, I don't know too much about the UK's um, kind of music. So I, well, I've been there for writing, but that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, um. Do you have a special place that you write, write, write in? Do you have a special room? Do you have journals? Do you use a phone? How, sure. how does inspiration hit you? Yeah, so I use my phone a lot for, my phone is where I keep all my sort of ideas that come on the fly. So um, I think a lot of artists do this, but voice memos on my phone, mine's like full of thousands of ideas. <laughs> both while I'm in the middle of writing something and just capturing ideas. So sometimes I will just have an idea out of the blue pop into my head. Um, and if that happens, I will record the idea into my phone. Um, I also have a word document. That's just like pages and pages of just like ideas were interesting yeah. words. I'm, I'm very into like interesting titles of songs. Yeah. Like stampede started as just, I like heard the word stampede and was like, that would be an interesting song. I didn't even have a concept yet, but I really thought that was a cool like title. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I both, I would say in my word document and my phone, um, I'm capturing ideas, but I think honestly, to me, most of the time it's, it's just about making the time to sit down and write. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can just wait to be inspired. Um, who was, I think Steven Schwartz, who wrote Wicked, I've met him a few times. Um, oh, wow. and he was, I was talking to him about this. I was saying, do you wait, like when you're writing something like Wicked, do you just, do you wait to be inspired or do you like sit down and you have like, I'm going to write it every, at, you know, whatever. And he yeah. said, well, he's like, I write, I, every day at, at 10 AM, I sit down on a piano and I'm inspired to write, but meaning like you sit down and you write and that's where you, you, by doing it, you become inspired. So I think that's probably more true for me is is you just kind of got to put the work in um to just write so i will write i write at the piano if i'm writing with a with a team it kind of varies because i like to write at the piano but if i'm writing with someone who's got a track you know if i'm in their studio maybe they don't have a piano in which case i'm more writing to the track i more prefer writing with my piano yeah. um so i'll write it either here but more so i have like an i actually you know i've played piano for you know 20 plus years um and so i'm i like to write on a real piano so i have my grand piano downstairs and that's where i do my best writing i would say there's just something i love my keyboard here but there's something yeah. about the real piano so that's what you know i'll just sit down there and i'll put my computer up and usually i'll start i'll just start like playing i'll just play and kind yeah. of you know sing some 
you kind of like sing gibberish in a way and just kind of that's where the idea starts and I'll record it into my phone um so yeah it's more like okay cool I'm gonna write a song now and I might be like cool I'm gonna write an upbeat pop song and then I'll just start going from there so I'd say more the melody comes first than the lyrics but I will say and this is this is a hard thing to explain, but so it may not make sense, but I think it's really interesting, which is, I think, so like you start to write a song and you're not just singing like la la la, you're singing like gibberish or like random words, right? If that makes sense. So, yeah. um, and you don't necessarily keep those random words, but I think that your instincts on the vowel sounds from the initial kind of like gibberish you sing as you're writing the melody tend to often be right in a weird way so like whatever you instinctively so like like ace of spades i remember we i wrote that in mallorca um at palma music studios which i went to a couple times it was amazing but i remember like actually the 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 you said i'm a drop in the ocean that part actually my co-writer dennis came up with that part but i remember he came in with that idea and like the gibberish that he was like a in Zanana drop in the ocean. And we ended up like using kind of like <laughs> that as a skeleton because it was just right. Like his natural instinct on that word was right. Or like, you know, you know, but on a dar, right? And we ended up filling it with like no superstar. Cause like somehow that initial like vowel of the R like rhyme just was right what he naturally sang. So it's kind of weird to think about if you're not a songwriter, but like often like trust your instincts on the vowels and don't overthink it. I think a lot of people overthink it. And I think one of the things that's for me, at least I never start with like a lyric sheet and try to put it to song. Yeah. It might look nice as like a poem on paper, but that doesn't mean it sings well. And there's, it, you know, it, it's important that it sings well. So that's a big kind of part of the writing process too, is you might have some lyrics that you put in that are, sound really cool, but like when they're sung, they just, it's, it doesn't, work well in the mouth and you got to like keep that in mind so it's kind of interesting yeah so are there any words or themes that regularly regularly pop pop into your mind when when you know are there there things that that you reach to and go yeah i I used that before for for that song but it wasn't quite right for for that song i'm gonna use that here instead um sometimes sometimes for sure probably the best example i remember like vividly on my my first ep colors I remember I had written, um, I'd written like a different song that went with the, like that melody and I'd used it for something else, but it was a song that's from my song color, but then that melody just didn't work. The other song I'd written just wasn't quite right. And then I was writing color and I had this like cool. this like beautiful thing going and I was trying to write the and I'd come up with the hook like I've ever seen color color and then I thought back to the like the da, 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 da. and I was like wait like I can steal from myself and I popped that into the beginning of the chorus so it definitely happens sometimes that you can always steal from your own work right so that <laughs> that absolutely does happen and I think that's also why it's important like you know, capturing stuff on, on my phone, I'll go back. As I said, I have thousands of ideas that yeah. I'll, and I'll label them sometimes like, you know, like 
big upbeat pop song idea or like slow ballad idea or whatever. So I'll go back through and listen and then sometimes borrow or it, it also often happens that you write, you know, you start with a melody idea, but it evolves from your initial idea, but you can then go back to that same idea and use that for something else. Cause you haven't even really used it. You just use it as a starting point. So you are, you can always, yeah, you can always borrow from yourself. Fantastic. Now, are there any artists or albums or songs that, that have influenced you? No, not, not to the point that you want to cop, copy them, but, but they've inspired you and going like, yes, I, I want to write something like that. I, or I yeah. could use that. And is it, you know, that hook or that phrase, phrasing? I don't think, I don't think ever like a specific content idea. I don't really like draw from like, oh, that phrase is cool. But Taylor Swift is definitely the biggest influence on me, just overall brand and music wise, just her. Um, again, I, I, it's not that I like borrow from, oh, that line yeah. is cool. I'll take that. But her storytelling, her, I, I just think it's tremendous. And the specificity, and that's something I really, really strive for in my music is specific storytelling. And I think she does she paints a picture with her lyrics, right? It's a, it's a whole story. It's not just like a generic thing. It's a song that yeah. you know, only she could have written because only she had that experience. At the same time, it's really relatable. Like her, her song Style is one of my favorites. And it's, you know, Midnight. And it talks about like, you know, tight little skirt, you know, pick me up, no headlights, whatever. It's just like you see the scene playing out and it's really, really specific. And so I, I strive for really specific storytelling in my in my work like my song red flag you know it was our first date you bought me flowers in my favorite box of cupcakes like that's a true I love story. That line. thank that, you that, it's a true that, story that was i was like that's got to be real because 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 that's not fake because you can tell because i've been listening to 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 to, to your song because obviously in preparation for this i've gone full 100 percent <laughs> love it <laughs> no but i think that's what you know that's one where I could have, you you know, the generic thing would be like, you know, it was our first date and we, and I met you and, and you were weird. Okay. But like more interesting is to like be really specific, like this flowers and cupcakes and like, you know, you're trying to plan our dream vacation and the Uber, like really, really specific, you know, specific stuff like that, which only I could have written because I'm the only one that, ha well, not necessarily, maybe other people have experience too, but the yeah, point yeah. being it's it's like a personal specific story, but also important that it's relatable too. You can't, you don't want to go too far that it's so specific that nobody yeah. can relate to it. But um, that's, I think that's something. And I, I often in sessions with new, you know, new writers that I haven't worked with before will reference Taylor Swift and say, I really want to get the lyrics to be specific storytelling like Taylor Swift does. So I definitely am influenced by her. The second being One Direction, my favorite band of all time. I just love what I love about their music and hopefully they'll get back together one day, but it's so catchy and so hooky, especially in the choruses. I love a big chorus that is really, really hooky. And so for me, you know, like every single one of One Direction songs, like you, if you listen to it for the first time, by the end of listening to the song, you can sing along with it. And that's what I strive for is I want catchy songs. You know, I want my songs to get stuck in people's heads and I want, if I'm performing a song and you don't know my song, my hope is that before I finish the song, you can sing along with the chorus, you know? Um, so I think, um, yeah, just bit, you know, 
big upbeat, you know, catchy choruses is, is, you know, is what I love as well. So One Direction and Taylor Swift, probably the two most, um, most influential, as well as I would say I, there's always going to be a bit of musical theater influence as well. Yeah, and sure. more from throwing in, and you, you know, you have to like still keep it pop, but throwing in an interesting chord or some big belty note, like Defying Gravity, Adina Menzel, right? So I think those are, those are a few influences for sure. And let's not forget Dizzy Disney as well, because I, I know that you're a big fan of Frozen as well, right? Oh my gosh, yes. I'm a huge Disney fan. Elsa is my favorite. Frozen is great. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think you can, you can hear even more in my Colors EP, the Disney influence, but I am, I'm, a, I'm one of those people who was a little girl, wanted to be a Disney princess, but I still, but still want to be. So that would be a secondary dream of mine beyond the pop career is to voice a Disney princess. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> now, um, what is what is coming, coming, coming up next? Because I know that you're going to have, you're going to drop a new, well, it's from from your album from, from 2019. But what, what's the name of the song? Oh, the Ace of Spades EP. There you go. Yeah, so it's this, you know, same idea as the Stampede EP from a couple of weeks ago, which is, you know, it's obviously a re-release of the act, the song as is, but also with an acoustic version and an instrumental version um, and a couple of music videos, which will be fun. Um, yeah, I just think it's fun to mix it up with an acoustic version here and there, um, kind of in the meantime, as I'm also writing new music, just I always want to be releasing new stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's coming on Friday. Um, and, um, yeah, kind of in the meantime, still, you know, figuring out more what the best use of time is. So a lot of like a lot of writing, you know, a lot of video content, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the next, the next thing coming is this Friday, the Ace of Spades EP. And we get to hear. You can hear, I'll play, I will play Ace of Spades. Right. Yes. <laughs> cool. So yeah, this will be a little, this is kind of, you know, a little bit of what, I guess what you'll hear on the acoustic version. So obviously I've just played Stampede on piano and the, the acoustic version I yeah. uh, released was on guitar, but Ace of Spades, the acoustic version is on piano. So um, this will be fairly similar. So you say that I'm a drop in the ocean, a superstar, but behind these black shades, there's an Ace of Spades.
absolutely honored to have had you on the podcast thank you for coming coming on here and i'm sure the rest of the audience um are going to be wowed one one save actually listen to this as well thank oh, you thank you thank you thank you for having me this has been fun fun to chat fun to see you again after um after meeting you last yeah. year at the london show so yeah <laughs> this is great um uh, enjoy the rest of your day and um, uh, we wish you every success with ASUS Spades. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Stay safe. <laughs> take, take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.